Welcome back to episode four of the Photographer Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Macy, and before we go anywhere today, I just wanted to give a big, big thank you to all of you who have subscribed, offered feedback, and are just constantly listening. It means a lot to know that you guys are gaining pieces of information from these discussions and pieces of information that you're able to utilize. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Today I'm joined by Ian Jones from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I'm truly, truly excited about this one. Ian is just in an absolute league of his own. He's a workhorse. So Ian, thanks for coming on. Why don't you tell us your story about how you got started in photography? Uh, I think I think like uh, I got into shooting maybe like five, six years ago, and uh, I was living with a roommate at the time, and he he had a camera, and he was going out shooting, and he's like, oh you know, you should come out and take photos. And I, uh, I like, like didn't want to learn a camera because I, I picked up, it was a, a, a Canon T3i and it was just, uh, super hard to use. And it, it like, I, I knew what I wanted the camera to do, but I couldn't get it to do it because the, the modes and I didn't know how to work the ISO or the aperture. I, I just had no idea what I was doing. I mean, it's the first time you pick up a camera, you, you just have no idea. And I hate working next to somebody else and you're trying to learn something and they're like, Oh, you got to do this. You got to do this. And no, you're not doing it right. They're taking photos. And I'm like, why can't I take photos like that? And, um, basically what I, what I did is I just waited till he was gone and I picked up the camera and I just ventured downtown by myself and I, I just figured it out myself. So every bit of my photography from then until, till now, was just like self-taught so just like fumbling around with you know iso shutter speed and just kind of learning what that stuff does i mean eventually it becomes muscle memory exactly and like from the beginning i didn't really know what the camera dials did so i never not shoot shot in manual so i feel like that might have been like a good thing for me to start on is i just started in manual and just kind of figured out what everything everything did and what it meant and just how to work a camera. Were you shooting in raw right away? Uh, I would assume yes, because I, like it was his old camera. And if, if he was using it, then I, I'm sure he was shooting in raw, but there, uh, there has been some times even now, I think it was like a few months back. I went out and did a shot and it was all in raw and I was so pissed about it, but I ended up like figuring it out and everything worked well, but I was like, man, why the hell would I shoot in raw? But, uh, why, why no, would back you? then it was definitely, no, I mean, I was shooting a JPEG on accident right. a couple months back. Like, my settings got all messed up. But yeah, I always, I always shot in RAW, yeah. So, you're also sponsored by Tamron, which is really cool. You're obviously a big fan yeah. of their lenses, your bag's full of them. Yeah. Maybe you could talk to people about the right and the wrong way to approach acquiring sponsorship from a company like Tamron. So, basically, what happened was... Uh, I was looking for I was looking for a camera to upgrade to because I, I shot Canon and Nikon and literally I had a Nikon D thirty three hundred and if you're familiar with that it's just it's it's every bit of it, it's every bit of like a beginner camera and I I bought I don't know why the hell I bought I bought it at Target because I just wanted to like get a camera for myself and I bought it at Target I grew out of that so quick grew out of it so quickly. And I was like, I need a, I need a, an actual serious camera. And uh, a lot of my buddies here were like, oh, I'll get Sony, get Sony, get Sony. And um, I like looked into it and I got a Sony camera. 
and it came with a kit lens. And I shot with that for maybe a couple months. And then uh, I was like, I, I need to get a different lens because you, you get a new camera, you get new gear, you get, you get some money in your pocket, and you just want to blow it on camera stuff. So I'm like, best lens, best lens, Googling up best lens. And uh, one of my buddies that I, I, I've became like really good friends with, Peter Lindgren, Lindgren in, in Sweden, he was like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, this is kind of what I want. I just want a all-around good lens that I don't need to buy another lens for a while. Just a very personal lens. And he goes, you definitely need to pick up the Tamron 2875. So I said, fine, done. So I bought that. And I think that was on my camera for almost a year and a half. I never took it off. And that's the only lens I had. And this is pre-sponsorship, right? This is pre-sponsorship, yeah. And uh, like I, I said before, like whenever I use a brand or something that I like, I advocate for them. You know, I tag them in all my shots. And I noticed that on Instagram, people were posting in their photos a uh, shot with Sony and and they would say the lens because a lot of the questions they get are like, you know, what lens is this? What camera is this? So I started doing that just to make my grid look better and more professional and like let people know what equipment I'm using. And I just tagged them in everything. I tagged Tamron and I used their corporate hashtags in everything I shot with that 2875. And then it got to a point where people were DMing me constantly. What lens did you use? What lens did you use? And I was like, this is a lens I use. I love it. It's so sharp. It's light. It's it's just a good lens. I mean, if you ever use a Tamron 2875, it's just an all-around good lens. And it's a workhorse. That with the um, Sony a7 III, which is I shoot with, I, I just like really liked it. So, And I'm sitting here. I'm like, man, I'm telling all these people to get this lens. And why... Why aren't I like sponsored by these people by now? Because I pretty much should be because I'm talking about how good their lenses are to everybody that asks. So what's your following sitting at at this point in numbers? Like I know you're at 20K now, but what uh, were you at during back, it? Back then, I, prob- I probably was right around right around 10, maybe like 10, 11. So, um, but then what I started doing is I would screenshot my DMs of all the people who were asking me about these lens. And I would screenshot my DMs of me advocating for Tamron. So I saved those. So I had like proof of, of the people that were DMing me constantly because I have a really good engagement rate and people, you know, like my stuff and they ask me about it constantly. So I kept those. And then I went to Tamron's website, looked at, they have looked at, they had any ambassador programs and they didn't at the time. So I emailed them anyway. And I was like, Hey, I've had this lens forever. I love it. A lot of people ask me what stuff I use. And I tell them Tamron all the time. And they didn't answer me back. So I kind of just like was like, oh, whatever, you know, stuff happens. They're a brand. And then uh, I had somebody message me that were like, hey, I bought that 2875 off your recommendation. That's a golden screenshot. Yeah. So I screenshot that too. And then I sent them an email of all the screenshots I had backed up. I was like, hey, listen, uh, this is kind of what's going on. This is what's been happening. I really like your lens. I'm looking to get another lens and I'm not sure like where I should go. Should I get another Tamron or should I get a Sigma? Should I do this? Like I'm kind of looking for this, 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 just to grab their attention because they don't want me to not get a Tamron. You know, they they want, they want me to buy a Tamron. And, um, so I got an email back and they're like, Hey, at the time we're not looking for sponsorships, yada, yada, yada. Um, 
Is this like, all the fine. same email thread as the original you sent? This was the email thread, probably 18 emails back and forth. But I'm just okay. trying to like yeah. try, try to sum it up. And then um, they finally went to my Instagram page, looked at my stuff, and they really liked it. And then at the time, they were rebranding their marketing a little bit. And they were looking for somebody like that had my style in the street urban and trying to appeal to, I guess, like the younger generation. Because if you go to Cameron, a lot of their ambassadors are wildlife photographers or landscape photographers or portrait photographers. They didn't have kind of like where I'm at as far as content goes. So I feel like that appealed to them a little bit. And through just talking back and forth, they put me on hold for a little bit. We're like, let's, we just want to see what's going on. And then it just, they called me and then it just happened. So it's kind of like a mixture of being persistent and annoying. And also, and not overdoing right place, it though. Right, exactly. It was just like right place, right time. And uh, I, I pretty much just kind of did all that I could to, get noticed by them and because it if it if it wasn't going to be them i was going to try to like because if if that brand didn't want to there would have been another brand on to the next one and then another brand because you could if if you don't knock on doors they're not going to open you know what i mean so if like if you knock on 10 doors one may open and that's just what it is but i've maintained like a really good relationship with them um i like my contacts with them that I talked to and uh, learning more about their lenses and why their lenses are the way that they are and, and why they're good. is just like, why I like them. So now I have the 2875, the 1728. And so your whole bag is Tamron. My whole bag's Tamron and I'm waiting for the 7180. So uh, yeah, it's all, it's all in there. Is there any sort of like kickback or special bonus you get when you show Tamron, hey, like these people bought this lens because of me. You know what I'm saying? See, the thing, the thing is that um, before, before I got involved with Tamron, they weren't set, like they're, they're kind of like real fresh in the ambassador game. So I'm kind of like the first person that they have to deal with that is like the way that I am. So I don't get anything from them. So basically I get lenses from them, um, which I mean, lenses are expensive. Yeah. So like, I mean, it's still I, a great I, I get deal. Lenses from, oh, I mean, dude, when they, I mean, when they told me that I was ecstatic because that's what I spent most of my money on was lenses. I mean, this 2875 was 800 bucks Yeah, no kidding. that I, that I bought, but the 1728 was like 895. I didn't have to pay for it. the 20 millimeter was 300. I didn't have to pay for it. And this 70, to 180 is going to be 1200 i believe but no I, I i don't i never wanted to be like that uh well you got to buy this because i only talk about the brand because i get paid for it or you know they're paying me to say this and the reason why this whole journey was so good is because i liked tamron before yeah. this even happened and, and i think that's the go, secret to all of this yeah if you go to my instagram or like my webpage I have a list of all my gear and my gear is hooked up to affiliate links. I mean, if you don't utilize affiliate links and you're like doing something wrong, but uh, if you ever use Amazon affiliate links, the kickback is so small. 
So I had somebody buy an A7 III, a 2875, and three years insurance, and their total was like six grand. Dude, I mean, they spent a lot on Amazon via my affiliate links, and I think my kickback was like 200 bucks. That sucks. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a lot, but, but also I mean, like, it's money that, that you That's better do than nothing. I mean, it would have been $0 oh, yeah. I mean, versus it's, something. It's, it's pennies. You know what I mean? It's, it's not a lot. But then again, like, I'm still, I'm still fresh into this Tamron ambassadorship, and, you know, things are always progressing. And it's definitely a relationship that I want to maintain just because, like, I love their lenses. Everything works together so far, and it's just, uh, it's just really well. So to kind of go back... Th- to your answer it's just like your question like stop being annoying you know what i mean it's just like it's stuff has to happen naturally because people can spot a fake online real quick you know if you're getting paid for something you know what i mean like you know if you're not being genuine or something and that's something i never wanted to be oh for sure but i mean dude that screenshot method is just ingenious it shows that you were voting for the product and you're an avid user of the gear even prior to being an ambassador. And you came at Tamron with a full yeah, I, presentation ready to go. Yeah. Because, I mean, people, I, I know them or any brand, they're just like, hey, sponsor me. Hey, uh, I use your lens, sponsor me. And it's just like, well, but why? Like what a brand, I've been in marketing for a while. A, a brand isn't just going to, pick you up just because you're you're like you're say you bring value like you have to a brand wants numbers and they want to see what value you're actually going to bring to the table before they even think about think about it so dming a brand asking for a sponsorship right off the bat is never going to work yeah unless like unless they can see free and clear that you're going to generate revenue for them why on earth would they sponsor you you know how many emails like that they probably get yeah and i i mean yeah i mean i like I said, I've learned like a lot of stuff about them and like why I would choose Tamron versus like another lens or like a Tamron versus Sigma. Sigmas are heavy as hell. They have like a converter built into them so they fit for a Sony where Tamron lenses are built for Sony. And Sony is, I think Sony has, they're like the highest stakeholder in Tamron. So they, they're going to want their, they're going to want their lenses to work as perfect as their G Master lenses on their bodies. So why would you buy a $3,000 G Master lens when you can get a 2875 for, you know, a quarter of that and it, it would perform almost the same? I think some people are married to the idea that you get what you pay for. Yeah. I mean, that, that is, that is. And I mean, sometimes true it's true, some but, but yeah. sometimes it's not. You really got to gauge it. I mean, if you're married to that yeah, idea, I mean, it's a problem. I would, unless I was getting paid hand over fist for photography i would never spend i would never buy a g master lens unless you could like budget it into a job and have that job paid more so you're making money off it there, there's there's no way i would do it there's hardly any medium that that le- that that photo is going to go to where someone's going to come up to it and be like hey wait a minute you know what was this taken with unless it was like a a rokinon or or like something you know what i mean like there's just yeah, you can't I feel really you. Tell. So you got your Tamron lenses and your Sony, your bags full. You're ready to go shooting downtown Pittsburgh. Um, how are you approaching that? Uh, downtown, I never really have. I never have an idea what I'm going to be doing. Like downtown Pittsburgh's very small, so you could meet some buddies at like one side 
of Pittsburgh and then scale the whole city and just get like shots left and right. You were telling me though, you move quick. Like you don't set up shots, you run and gun. Yeah. Like I said, like I, I have a run and gun approach. Um, with these Sony's you could push the ISO and it hardly ever gets grainy. So when I'm downtown, I usually shoot at like 500 or a thousand ISO always 2.8 and I shoot high plus constantly. So I could go downtown for two hours and come home with 600 shots, five, 600 shots. And I'll just like, I'll just go through, I edit real quick um, because I have like some presets that I've made to keep my like grid cohesive. So slap one of my presets on there, edit it to, to the photo. And then if it's like a real banger, something I really like, then I'll take it into Photoshop and, and do it some more, but it's just run and gun. You know, like I don't, I don't really have a, a a way of going downtown and waiting for a person to walk. Yeah, I mean, you, you were telling me though that you your shutter is a machine gun during your shoots. Just brrr, you're not lining stuff up. You're not waiting for the perfect moment. It's just it's a full on attack, which I love. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, like, for, like the, if you if you break it down to like the real purist street photographer where you know they'll go around and they'll find shadows and they'll sit and they'll wait for people to walk by and they'll set up a composition i mean those shots are dope i mean that like the purest street photography is really good um i know a couple buddies here that that do that and i really enjoy their content but i don't have the the patience to sit and hunt for shadows and do stuff like that like i i I always like putting stuff in motion. I want to see people moving or a car moving or if like the, I mean, Jesus dude, if there's like a car hitting a puddle, like I want I want in that puddle splash. Like I, I just like to just, just run around and just take photos and just be done because I don't want to be downtown for hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. You like, got stuff to do. Yeah. I got, I got stuff to do and you get enough content to where it looks like you go out shooting every day, four hours a day you know, you're down in the thick of it, but yeah, I, I definitely run a gun unless there's a shot I have in mind. Like if there's a shot that I definitely want, I'll, I'll seek it out and take my time with it. But generally I just try to go downtown and capture what, what I see because not a lot of people go downtown, you know, like they don't see kind of what you would see. Right. Right. So yeah, it's basically what I do. How often going into a shoot, are you going into it completely winging it or how often are you going into it with a particular idea? Uh, downtown is generally a hundred percent winging it. Almost ever, almost all the time when I go down ta- downtown, it's I'll say at least ninety eight percent winging it. Because there there will be there will be a time where you know my buddy would be like, "Hey, I have the shot idea. I want to go downtown. Will you help me do it?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll go downtown." But you know, things just happen while you're down there. You know what I mean? Like you, you have to go down there. You got to take photos and, and things just happen. Like sometimes like, I don't know that I would get a, an awesome shot. You just, but you're not going to get it if you don't go down, you know, like if you, if you were to think like, Oh, I, I, I can't like reference any of my photos right now off the top of my head. But, um, like there, there was a shot I got that was really nice of, uh, of a guy lighting up a cigarette of, of a cigar. Oh, and I, I love it, that like, one. List like I was downtown, probably fifteen minutes, and I got that shot. 
And I wanted to go home. I wanted to go home after it because I wanted to edit that, that shot so bad because I was like, man, this, this is the only shot that I need throughout this trip. But like, if I were to sit in my house, be like, you know what? Uh, I'm really thinking about catching some soprano looking dude, lighting a cigar, and I'm going to go downtown and try to get that. So like, sometimes you can't like plan stuff like that. And I, and I feel like with, uh, with like street or urban photography, I guess I could be wrong, but like, it, I feel like it's hard to uh, plan shoots, like plan shots. Cause I guess like the pure essence of street photography is just capturing what's going on. Yeah, for sure. Definitely feel you on that. But I mean, that feeling when you get that shot and you just know right away, even if it's like 15 minutes into your shoot and you just know you got a banger or something incredible and you can't wait yeah. to get home and edit it, that feeling is euphoric. Oh, it is. And the worst part is, is like going back to like Instagram and like how stupid it is sometimes. I'll, I'll edit the shot. I'll love it. I'll curate the best hashtags. I'll post it at my best time. And you post it and it's just like, you know what I mean? Like just after a like deflator. <laughs> I know. But like, no, I, I love that shot. It did okay. But well, like, I, how I do just, you shake that shit off? I mean, uh, for most people, that's a tough thing to deal with. There, I mean, I would. I would be lying, and I feel like anybody would be lying if they're like, oh, I don't let the numbers bother me. Bullshit. Like, I, I feel like even, like, McKinnon's in the house and, like, the big content, content creators, when they post a photo on Instagram and it doesn't do well, I, I feel like it's just human nature to be like, why didn't it do well? Like, you know, what do I have to do better? Like, what was it about this photo that didn't do well? Or did my caption suck? Or... I mean, if, if you didn't have that mindset, you wouldn't try to push yourself to be better or to figure out what happened to try to, to improve on your next post. Because I, I feel like every Instagram post is a shot at a goal or a shot at something. Like you, you, post, you post a photo of, of a, you utilizing a brand to hopefully to get their attention or you post a photo of you know a sick street heater to try to get a feature off an account or there's a goal in mind you know what i mean i've not only are you showcasing your work but with each post there's a at least for me there is a goal behind each photo and and a reason behind the post for sure um i remember you saying something to me off the record when i asked you about how you go searching for inspiration for your for your shots whether you cruise through hashtags to get ideas i know you say you wing it but maybe you go searching subconsciously and you don't even know it for ideas but you also said something really cool about how you're very selective about who you follow because you don't want to be influenced too much by their style or their creativity why don't you talk a bit about why you yeah. choose to do that um so I, I feel like back i mean back in the beginning when i first got instagram and you're just posting like photos shitty photos of your food you're drunk at a bar like before like you really got serious with Instagram and taking photos and taking photography. So at that point you would just kind of follow your friends or like people at high school, just like randomly. So I feel like a lot of the followers I have now are kind of like from back in those days, but I try not to follow really big content creators or really big feature accounts. Very few. I'll, I'll follow a few feature accounts that I like that I genuinely like, like art of visuals is dope. I follow them. Um, I try to stay away from feature accounts that nag you to pay for features. Uh, 
Um, I hate accounts like that. I hate accounts that like just post the same stuff over and over. But I try not to to follow big feature accounts or big name creators because I will see the dopest stuff or like the super super incredibly creative shots and i'm like man like why didn't i think of that or it's such a simple photo but now i can't go do that you know i can't go do that shot now because it's such a simple shot that you could just recreate it in the back but like somebody else did it and at this day and age there's there's no original thoughts anymore i mean there's no original content i mean there hardly is so if you take a shot of something it's derived from something that you got inspiration from somewhere so I follow very few people. Like I follow Jordy, Jordy Kolick, Kolitic. Um, he inspired a couple, one of my shots of like when I was cutting that lime and I made a drink. But I like to kind of extend it to where, you know, she's cutting the lime and then the drink gets made and then, you know, kind of take it a little bit step further. But I mean, he inspired that shot. Like I'm not going to lie. Obviously, if you look at that, like you're like, oh, that, he probably got inspired by Jordy. But, um, I like to do food photography. I did food photography a bunch for like some some accounts like back in the day, and uh, I like to cook as well. So it's kind of a way to combine two passions into one. So I play with my food a lot. So I guess to find inspiration, especially through this quarantine, I would literally the most unflattering way I would just be hair a mess in sweatpants, a t shirt, and I would just go into my kitchen and I would just look at food. And I would just be like, how could I, how could I do this? Or how could I do this? Like there's a shot. I have a, a hot dog floating, you know, and funny story about that hot dog is it's a, it's a, it's a Nathan's hot dog. And it was like four days old. It was from a cookout, like in the weekend. And I was just going to throw this thing away. I mean, if you look at the photo of the hot dog, it doesn't even look appetizing. You can just tell it's an old hot dog. <laughs> it looks gross. So I'm looking at it on my laptop right yeah. now. So I was like, I'm just going to toss this out. And I was like, wonder if I can make this float, catch a ketchup floating in the air and just make a fucking mess. So I called my fiance and I was like, can you hold this here? And she's like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm going to squirt ketchup on it. And it's it, the funny thing is about her is that not just her, but people in general, I'm like, Hey, will you hold this? Or can you, can you do this? Like, can you help me out with the shot? And they're like, this is stupid. Like, why would you just squirt ketchup on a hot dog and make a mess? And I'm like, just let me, let me get through it. You know? So I get the shot and it looks dope. And then she's like, wow, that is sick. And that's just kind of like the process, the thought process I have is just to go make a mess with something and try to make uh, as a viewer to look at that and be like, oh, how do you do that? And that's what I like doing. And I mean, the cool thing about that is like going back to brands like Nathan's. Yeah, like they, they commented on it. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Nathan's DM me. They're like, hey, uh, that's a cool shot. Like, thanks for, you know, posting and tagging, eating our hot dogs. I mean, that was pretty much it, but it's just like cool that they saw it and that was it. And I actually didn't make that big of a mess with that shot. A lot of people think I make a, a shit ton of mess, but I really didn't with that one. Man, the thing I love about your grid is it's just all over the place. It's helter skelter. I mean, we were talking about how some feature pages or some people post the same stuff over and over again. I mean, and that's fine if if that's your thing, but like if you live near a beach for example and it's just constant sunsets, it gets to a point where it's like yeah. we get it. Um looking at your page though, you got Mercedes Benz is ripping through the frame, you got hot dogs floating through the air, you got soprano looking dudes smoking cigars, the odd portrait. Your page is just curated opposite to what 
every YouTube guru ever has taught anyone about social media and you're crushing it. I love it. I think in the back in the beginning when I was like super sucked into Instagram and I was like really trying to grow my page and I was just like really spending like the seven, eight hours a day growing my account, interacting with other people. And I was trying to break out of the mindset of, okay, I'm only going to post downtown urban stuff or I'm only going to do this. I'm only going to do that. But then it's like, I have so much other things that I could take photos of. So for example, I would have like a street shot and that would do really well. And then I want to post a photo of like a, a portrait of like my fiance. And generally, if you follow me for urban stuff and you see me post a portrait, you're gonna be like, what the hell is this dude doing? So what I would do is I would go through portrait hashtags I would use for the photo. I would interact on tons of pages. Um, and I would like compliment and, and comment other, other photographers work that post portraits and I would get them to come my page. They would see my last post like, Oh, this dude posts portraits. I'm going to follow. Him. And anytime I posted a photo that was weird or out of the realm of what my grid was, I would do that. So over the years I've built a diverse following to where if I post something that may be weird there is an audience in my following that generally would like that. I love that. And I did that for so you, so you basically have subcategories within your following. So no matter what you post, some groups going to yeah. like it. Yeah. And I mean, my, my core, my core followers are going to be that street urban stuff, floaty stuff, or just like, like that cheese grater I shot. I mean, that's not an original shot. You know what I mean? I was just like, like I'm gonna use this cheese grater, and then my go-to is like, oh, I'll fucking throw water on it, and it just makes it so much more cooler. And I mean, that shot got like three thousand, three thousand two hundred. I'm looking you know at it I mean? right now, and and people three thousand two hundred likes for water droplets through a cheese grater. Yeah, people, people just yeah, and <laughs> it's people sick. just ate that up. You know, I mean, there's there that's probably a composite of like five shots because I wanted to make sure each water drip was crisp and focus um something i think i excel with i want to i don't want to say like better than everyone else or or something that i'm like proud of is i spent a lot of time editing and not editing to make the photo look unrealistic but editing to make sure everything's perfect and even though you can't see every single detail i know it's there and i know i fixed it like the Tamron coffee mug, that splash, that's that's four different photos combined into one because I wanted to make sure there was a splash coming out each side of the cup. I wanted the spoon in there and then that sick hook up. I wanted to make sure that was in there too. So I spent a lot of time on that photo and each highlight in that coffee, I hit with uh, a dodge tool. So like I like I just spend so much time editing just making sure it's perfect. Right. So that's just kind of like what I try to do. So then how much time are you spending in Lightroom versus Photoshop? Um it all it really all depends on the photo. Like uh for for example, let's see. If uh I'll be in Lightroom, for example, and I'll I'll get my colors down. I'll get I'll get everything down, the crop, the colors everything that I want to be done in Lightroom, 
and then I'll take it over into Photoshop, and that's when I'll clean up the ground. I'll get rid of like cigarette butts. I, I get rid of cigarette butts on the ground. I get rid of cigarette butts. I get rid of cracks. Um, if there's like bird shit on a stop sign, I take out. I take it out of there sometimes. Like I just like edit a ton of stuff. Um, I'll I'll add I. I don't really add things. I don't like my photos to look unrealistic. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not like a huge composite, like a huge fan of composite. They look. You sick. mean like the people who throw up the northern lights on some photo that has no business having it in the background? Yeah, I mean they they do look sick, and there is a time and place <laughs> for that. But like, I like to take the photos and accentuate them to make them look more. I like to create an environment for you to be in. If that makes sense, it makes total like, sense. If you go down to the guy walking with the headphones, looks real pissed off, but like looks like a real handsome guy. There's like snow. You see that photo? So the the his breath coming out of his mouth is I added that in. Um, the steam coming up from the top right added that in. Um, there's a little bit of snow in there, but I just wanted to create an environment to where if you looked at this photo, you were like, I could. I feel like I'm there. Right. You know, I mean, you're telling so like, a story. I, I, I like to add stuff like that. You know, I don't want to add like an Eagle sweeping down and stealing his coat or, or something like that. It's enhancing what's already there. Exactly. It's I mean, that's really a, easy to get carried away in Photoshop or Lightroom. Like really easy. <laughs> oh, there, I mean, there's sometimes I have to pull, I'll pull myself away from Photoshop and I'm like, I got to stop. Like I'll, I'll do something real, real crazy. And if you look at the photo directly underneath that, mm-hmm. where the people walking by, yep. like the reflection, yep. I don't know what I was on that day, uh, but like it, the, I replaced the heads with like devil heads, but the reflection is normal heads. Jesus. <laughs> it, but in, in my mind, I was just kind of like, the, the caption was just like the, the reflection of there's a devil inside of everybody. It was just like, so sometimes I'll do stuff like that. A lot of times I'll edit to like music and there'll be like a lyric in a song Dude, yes. that it'll, that it'll grab to like, it'll gravitate to me and I'll just take my edit that way. Man, like I am it. so glad that you brought this up because I have been preaching this idea to so many different people and have been inviting so many different people to try editing while listening to different kinds of music or choosing their music selection while they edit based on the outcome they're trying to achieve or the story they're trying to tell. Uh, as an example, I was editing a buddy of mine's, I was, I, he commissioned me to do a photo for him for an album cover. And I was like, you know, what are you going for? He said, I wanted aggressive. I said, how aggressive? He goes eight out of 10. I'm like, all right, I take this really gnarly photo with a balaclava on. And then I get into the edit And I'm like, what am I going to listen to? I need something that's going to help me achieve the outcome I'm going for. So I'm like cruising through, you know, my records or what album I want to play. And I throw on a Royal Blood album. If you're not familiar with them. Never heard of them, but but really like hard core stuff. Well, I don't know. Not hardcore, but heavy rock music. And the outcome was just so sick. I was so pleased with it. And so was he. And it really made me wonder if one, had I not played any music, would I have achieved this outcome? And two, what would the outcome have been had I played, I don't know, John Denver? 
it's just I invite all of you listening to try editing while listening to music or certain kinds of music and just do, run an experiment see what happens you might be very very surprised yeah I like to like key workflow for me is I put on Spotify and I like Spotify because Spotify doesn't make me if I have to sit down and it's like, oh, what do you want to listen to? I'm like, I don't know. Like that's why I stepped away from Apple Music because it was just like, what do you want to listen to? And if I have to like figure it out, I don't know. Or I can go to Spotify to like curate song I want songs I want to listen to, or like it knows what I listen to, so it shoots me something new. And I like to just put it on and let it play and forget about it, and then edit to like whatever comes on. And then you know, a song will come on that I'll really dig. And then I look into his lyrics and then I'm like, now I need like a caption and I'm like looking through the song for a caption and then I'll take that artist in my photo and then it's like a fucking wormhole of like where I'm going because <laughs> from I'm not from finding a raw I want to edit to editing that photo to posting it probably takes like two hours. Yeah, 100% can relate. <laughs> because after the edit, you're half done. Now you got to find a fucking caption and curating captions are incredibly hard because you can either go one or two ways with it. You throw up a, a stupid song lyric. There's one. <laughs> and, and no one engages with it. Or you're like, hey, what's everybody doing today? <laughs> Happy that's, hump day. That's also lame. Or, you know, you get real deep and you write a two paragraph caption that not a lot of people read. And then you got to find hashtags. And it's just like, and then you post it. And then you just stare at your phone and refresh. Because I try to comment back to every person. I try to I try to comment back to everybody because like a lot of like Chris Howe does that. If if you notice, I mean, as much as he can, and that's kind of where I got that from. You know, someone who's like, I'm not saying he's huge, but like someone that big has a big following. Is a lot of a lot of people comment on his stuff. From the moment he posts, he hangs out for like a few hours and, and comments back. And I really like that he does that because like he's not like an unattainable person. You know what I mean? Like we're not like celebrities just because you go to someone's page and they have like 100,000 followers, you know, like they're still a person and probably more like you than you think. So I, I like to stick around and answer people's questions and like comment back. But my best captions are I like to post like weird random facts about something about the photo like for example if i post a photo of like a car i'll wikipedia that car brand and i'll be like hey did you know like back in 1920 this car brand was associated with nazis for some reason you know like it's it's just just to try to make something engaging that people are like oh i didn't know that you know so like come to my page like my photo learn something comment if you want you know yeah i know what you mean and i find the whole like Oh, that's a good question is like such yeah. total bullshit sometimes. Oh, yeah. And I mean, my most successful photos recently have all been of wolves, actually. And the <laughs> the common denominator my, is... My uncle would love that because he is like, he only wears wolf t-shirts. So you could probably gauge about what kind of person he is. <laughs> right on. Send him my way. No, but... The common denominator in all my captions with the wolves has been, I've been just listing facts every time. I did it on my first wolf photo and it did really well. 
And now I just list facts about wolves and people go crazy. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Or thanks for sharing. And just offering that bit of value or that dinner conversation piece is so key in a caption. Yeah, because because realistically, like, because, I mean, your whole game plan is grabbing somebody's attention. And you have very, like, you have a small window of grabbing someone's attention to get them to like, let alone comment. You know what I mean? And then also stick around for a conversation. So if you could get all, if the if you could, if you could do all those at once, like that's awesome. And a good caption will do that. So like, I always try to like, think of something, you know what I mean? Like just to get people talking and also like, like I said, to learn something and then also like not be fake. I hate being fake. I hate being fake on Instagram and I hate being fake with captions and, yeah. yeah. And I mean, there's some really goofy things you can do. I know Scott, who was on the show about two episodes ago, I think, will do things like 100 comments and I'll change my profile picture. <laughs> Just like plain ridiculousness. Yeah. But people get down with yeah. it. They story it, shouting him out, like, get him to 13K so that he changes his profile picture. And then he just turns it into a giant sad yeah. face emoji. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was wondering... I was wondering why he changed that. You know, you know, like, okay, so that makes sense. I, I must not have saw that caption, but like, you know, get 10 likes and I'll chug five beers or, or yeah, something man, just super like, like be that. Stupid. My, People take themselves way too seriously. My favorite caption that did, it did, it did really well. It was a, it was a while back. It was a, a post that performed super well. Um, I asked people to tag somebody that they look up to on Instagram in the comments. And, what that did is I had a handful of people tagging other creators and they were coming to my account. So now those people are having separate conversations with the people that they tagged in. So I have multiple conversations going on in my comments and I was just like sitting back like an evil genius, just that watching all this genius. engagement happen and I had to do nothing. You know what I mean? So, but then also not only was that a ploy to get engagement, but it also connected those people and they're talking, you know what I mean? And then everybody, in that little pool, maybe got a couple more followers out of the out of the deal. Yeah, man. I mean, it's all about creating a place for discussion. And though with your caption, you created a place for discussion and community. With this podcast we're doing, it's another place for discussion and for people to to think. And if they gain two or three nuggets of information, that's a win for me. That's a win for you. That's a win for them. It's all about discussion. Yeah. Be authentic. Be For original, sure. give back, be less selfish. I mean, there's nothing worse than somebody who just takes and takes and takes, who doesn't give any information back. Yeah. And it's just, I, oh, oh, yeah. Man, I mean, there, just, there was a point where I kind of felt that way. Like, um, uh, like I, it's kind of hard to, like, I was shooting with like a handful of people, or like, I had a lot of people who like followed me and, I noticed that their stuff started to look very similar to mine. And these are people that I were big, like, oh, I do this, do this, or I, I do that, do this, or like, this is what I try to do. And so like, I got real reserved after a while, got real reserved. It, it, it was editing, but also like the style of shooting. You know what I mean? It, there's, there's not a lot of, like Pittsburgh's a small, small community. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of people here that are like out, you know, doing, photography and stuff like this so there's a lot of a lot of really dope wedding photographers and a lot of like portrait portrait photographers but i feel like a lot of like downtown stuff there's a lot of people that like come to mind that are like so good um but i just felt like 
stuff started to look the same after a while. So I got real reserved in that aspect and I stopped shooting for a little bit. But I, I get where you want to keep your secrets for a little bit. You want to keep just enough stuff for yourself. But then you also want to let people in on some things because people love free shit, for one. People love to have that conversation of learning things. And people also just like want to learn too. Like there was a post I did a while back um, about how, because people kept asking like, how do, how do you upload to Instagram and have your photos look so crisp? So I, I did a whole thing with a slider about my workflow of like my settings on how to smart sharpen in Photoshop. And then also what I do in Lightroom. And I made this whole thing and that post was shared like over 300 times. You know, so like that sharing stuff helps, you know what I mean? But I also feel like you as a creator, you should keep some stuff for yourself. Like you should keep, keep some stuff for yourself a little bit. Yeah. Have you had a change of heart since then? Cause you said you used to feel that way. Oh yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, like I don't, now like, I'm just, I don't like giving away my, all my secrets either, but when somebody asks me a question and I can give them an answer that leaves them walking away totally satisfied and fulfilled that's a great feeling oh absolutely i mean like now now and i feel like for like the past year past year or so i i like i'll I'll talk to people like i that's another thing i try to do i get dms a lot and i try to answer a lot of them and i try to like talk to people and like answer back and uh sometimes i gotta like be careful because i'm like on my damn phone all the time and my fiance would be like what are you doing i'm like oh Telling this guy from Morocco how I did this thing, and, and you know, I mean, it's just like, well, why am I spending so much time on this? Um, but I no, I'm not going to answer everybody all the time of like what camera I use because it's in my profile. You know what I mean? Or or simple questions like that. But I I do like to sit down and talk to people because once in a while you get that person who DMs you. And uh, actually, I had a I had a person DM me the other day, and it was like a long paragraph asking me a question. And at the end, they were just like, hey, man, I understand if you don't want to respond, so I get it, but I hope you see this. Have a great day. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, so like I wrote back and this person was just like, oh, my God, I'm so like, I'm I'm blown away. You know what I mean? Because like for some reason, I was like a celebrity to this person, which is just insane. Silly. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just it's just silly. But like I made that kid's day talking to him and answering questions, stuff like that. So that makes me feel good in that pushes me more to like have the head the mindset of like sharing and being more open and and, and telling people stuff or like just trying to be helpful because i i want to like be i just want to be nice like that like i'm not i'm not a real like stuck up person and you know like i i don't think i'm better than anybody by any means so if i can help somebody uh, i'll try to do it oh for sure and i mean i've started doing when somebody asks me a question I know is going to be lengthy and I don't want to type it out, I'll just hold the audio record message and I'll just fire off a message to somebody. Uh, like I, my buddy Peter does that all the time. And, and, uh, well, what do you think of it when you get a message like that? And, and I feel, I feel so bad because like he'll, he'll voice that he'll voice to text. Well, no, he'll voice his, his audio. Like he'll talk to me and I always text back because I don't know. I just find it weird to be like, oh, you did that. Like, no, like stutter and I'll figure something out. And, and then like you play it back and I'm like, do I sound like an asshole? Like, do I sound like this? I, I feel like the hardest thing you have to get over is like 
if you realize what you sound like on a recording and you're okay with that, then you got it made. I feel like the first time I heard myself on a video, I was like, oh my God. Like yeah. <laughs> people like to talk to me, you know? <laughs> so I think I think that's why it's just funny. Something that reminded me of. Anyways, man, I think we're coming up on our target. We were aiming for 45. I think it's probably closer to 50. Just every episode before this has been 50 on the nose. But we've covered a lot of great points today. We talked about the proper way to approach acquiring sponsorship or ambassadorship. When you're ready, the right way to go about doing that. We covered finding your inspiration, whether that's cruising hashtags or if it means not following big pages so that you don't have a negative mentality or you don't get frustrated about places you can't go. We talked a lot about your style of shooting, which I think is really cool to run and gun that you don't always need to line up shots. But again, if you if you do that, that's cool. It's That's what this whole thing is about. It's, I think, breaking down every guest on the show's different mindset and for listeners to just take pieces that they relate to. It's going to be different for everyone. But I wanted to thank you for coming on the show, man. It's been so awesome talking to you. And for everybody listening, go check out his work. It's at Ian S. Jones. That's I-A-N-S-J-O-N-E-S. Um, don't forget the S, right? Yeah, yeah. And and thanks for getting my name right a lot. You wouldn't be surprised that so many people call me like Ian or really? Eon. But yeah, I mean <laughs> it's, it's three letters. It's not a it's not a crazy name. I mean it's not I A N. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> the the best thing about my name growing up is playing any video game and the high score you put your initials in, I just put my whole fucking name in it. <laughs> Absolute power move. Power move. Thanks again, man. Everybody listening, go check out his work. Ian Jones at I-A-N-S-J-O-N-E-S, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He's not a street photographer. He's just fucking dope. That's cool. Thanks. Good talking to you. Thanks for listening to episode four of the Photographer Mindset podcast. It was truly an honor having Ian on. He's one of those guys that's doing all the small things right, and it shows. Something we can all strive towards is constant improvement. Next week, I'm joined by Aaron Mantis from Connecticut, who's fairly new to photography, but man, oh man, does he have some beautiful imagery. And my God, can this guy find wildlife anywhere, especially foxes. You're not going to want to miss that episode. We're going to talk a lot about finding purpose outside of photography and how that can accelerate your creativity. Until then, go get shooting, go get editing, and stay focused. See you next time.